You are listening to Cosmic Children. Um, today, I'm your host, Kevin. We have Ritz as our co-host today. Hi. And we have a very special individual in the studio with us. We have Sean. Hey, hey Sean. Sean, for, for, for people who, who might not know who you are, uh, what is Battle Brew and could you pre- please introduce yourself? Okay, so Battle Brew Productions is a game studio. Uh, we are in Singapore. There's yeah. about seven of us. Uh, if you've seen a game or games with really cute bunnies and airships and floating islands, mm. that's probably us. Yeah, uh, We've been in the news here and there. The latest one is Channel News Asia. Yeah. Nice. Also show up regularly at the game shows. Uh, game Start Asia, Taipei yeah. Game Show, Tokyo Game Show, uh, Busan Indie Connect, etc. Um, yeah, we make fun games. Uh, we shoot Nerf in the office. That's usually me getting <laughs> shot. That's fun. <laughs> Um, sometimes we have hotpot and paintball. Yeah. Um, we're a bunch of friends. Who, um, I mean, we've been around for, for a while. So I think uh, some of us are classmates. We go way back. Yeah. Uh, maybe about eight years, nine years. Even prior to the formation of the studio. You guys yeah. have been around. Yeah, okay. more or less. Uh, so if we look at, say, uh, Ben, who's the CTO. Chief. Uh, technical, technical officer. officer? Okay. So basically, he's the lead programmer. Gotcha. Uh, he was actually my senior in DigiPen back in the day. What is DigiPen? So DigiPen is... Uh, wow, I'm going to like start selling. Uh, so <laughs> DigiPen is, I would say, one of the better game universities out there. Yeah. Um, and they have quite a rigorous uh, program. So we graduated from there mm-hmm. yoinks ago. I think that's 2011? About okay. there. About eight years back, yeah. About, about there. Yeah. Uh, 2010 for him. Um, and it was part of a sort of a recruitment plan for Ubisoft back in the day. So it was Ooh, in partnership okay. with Ubisoft yeah. uh, when they were still quite new in Singapore. Uh, so one-year conversion thing, you need to submit your portfolio, yeah. two rounds of interviews, there's a in uh, in venue written test. Wow, that's very <laughs> extensive. Uh, yeah, it was, it was it's intense, crazy. man. It's, it's, is it... Uh, Let's say for the written test, is it for specific career in Ubisoft or what? What, what was that? Um, so for? I think the there's different tracks uh, back then, yeah. right? Uh, so there was artist design, yep. uh, there was uh, programming, technical side. So uh, I can only speak from the design side. Yep. Uh, I was going analyze things. Um, yeah, basically you had no access to any of the research or whatever. Mm. Or no, no phones allowed. Uh, you go in and they ask you a bunch of questions, ask you dissect stuff. Yep, yep. Uh, two hours, I think, was a written test. Okay. So, wow. so, yeah. so, so what was the outcome of, of, of this? Uh, uh, it was basically me getting in the program. Um, it was it was tough. I think we stayed back a lot. Came out on, on weekends, every single weekend. Yeah. Uh, so I remember thinking to myself, okay, okay, uh, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you need to like do this well, you need to put your heart into it. You know, come back on Sunday, think you're badass, gotcha. right? Yeah. <laughs> right? You walk in Sunday morning after eating breakfast and, oh my God, like the art crew is already here. So they were here oh. before I was. Mm. Um, and then the other designers come in. So I think uh, it was hard work, but I think a lot of us, uh, we really, really believed in it. Yeah. Um, so I think um, a lot of the folks now from like the various batches, um, did very well for themselves. A lot of um, key uh, production leadership ish, uh, like positions in yeah. Ubisoft, for example. Um, yeah, former classmates. So I think the program was successful. Um, yeah, it was great. In planting a seed of sorts, isn't it? Um, I think for a lot of us, actually the seed was planted. Like you can't survive 
um, to Japan if you don't have the passion anyway. Mm. Um, and you know, people talk a lot about like um, talent and stuff, but no, it's just hard work. I think you just need to like put in put in the hard work, put in the time, and then uh, yeah. good things come out. But if you don't have the perseverance, I mean, like like honestly speaking, who's gonna come back and volunteer to do extra work on yeah. weekends? Yeah. Um, <laughs> go the extra mile unless, unless you really love it right was there a yeah. particular deadline that you guys were hitting or uh, yeah so or there were really tight deadlines yeah. we we had about half a year to make a prototype back then uh, and we had to pitch it basically to, to Ubisoft give, give, give us some context is, is that really difficult how, how, how is that yeah um, so I mean it's it's really challenging because um, if you look at the kind of projects I mean, okay, look, look at like games in general. They, they span the gamut, right? So there's your Game Jam games that are... What's Game Jam? So Game Jam is like a, you coop up 24 hours mm. and you make a little short demo. Oh. Uh, really scrappy. Yeah. They're good for demonstrating ideas. Mm. Um, but you can't usually make anything full-fledged. But I mean, a lot of good ideas have come from Game Jam. So they're a good way okay. to, to get ideas, right? Mm. So Game Jam games, one day, maybe. Right? But I wouldn't call that releasable, right? Yep. Uh, all the way up to like triple A, uh, three, four years, five years, ten years, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing to make to make a huge triple A game, right? Yep. So I think they really run the gamut. But um, I think all the teams basically uh, made stuff back then that we were really proud of, even mm-hmm. for half a year, um, and that basically got us hired into the respective places that we got hired at, yep. which would include. Um, Ubisoft definitely yep. Namco Bandai for me I went to a Japanese mobile startup called Nubi mm-hmm. um, so yeah I think um, we're all really proud of what we did back then mm. and that would eventually lead to the formation of Battle Brew so how 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 did that come in the in the beginning and you, you, when you talk about games um, is it specific to a specific platform is it specific to a specific type of console yeah please tell us um, I think back then in school we just made it for PC okay um, and the mobile scene was more or less, uh, I want to say in its absolute infancy, but it wasn't uh, the sprawling ecosystem that we have of right course, now. Of course, yeah. This yeah. was early 2010, right? Um, 20, 2010, 2011? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's way b- yeah. before. It's way, when like way the iPhone was still... Still, still s- a new, new, a new thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, people are still trying to figure out uh, the business models. Mm-hmm. Um, games were already making big money, but... Um, <laughs> they're making insane money right now. <laughs> okay, sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, so from there, um, if you're asking how I got to Battle Brew, um, I joined a Japanese company called Nubi. Yep. Uh, that was a mobile games company for the most part. Um, it was really educational, um, kind of fun. Uh, but man, those were really tough times because we stayed back a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the staying back in school kind of like didn't end uh, it transferred <laughs> yeah, into the job yeah, yeah. so uh, for better and for worse right uh, a lot of us really gave uh, our lives to to making a lot of games yeah. uh, mm-hmm. back then uh, they're quite well received uh, made the company a lot of money um, <laughs> but I think we I mean for some of us we didn't really see the returns personally speaking mm-hmm. right? so we we left yeah um, I went on to a place called Gumi, uh, which is another Japanese big company. Yeah. Mobile games. Uh, they're still definitely around and doing very, very well yeah. right now. Two varies. Okay. 
so not just well, but very, very well. I won't well. go into detail. I'm sure you can look it up yourself. But yeah, uh, yeah um, the games that they have uh, do very, very well financially. Okay. Um, I kind of burnt out at that place um, over time. And I think I had this revelation where, okay, look, it's kind of good and all that we are making games that um, do really well, end up in the top charts. But mm. um, game game making wasn't necessarily about the money per se. Okay. So the next place I went to um, was SUTD Game Lab. Oh. Uh, which is a research uh, lab attached to SUTD. Okay. It's the second iteration of the Gambit Game Lab, if you guys have heard of that. What is this Gambit Game Lab? Um, so I think that was an initiative. Um, I'm, I'm not super clear on the details, so yeah. forgive me if I get some of it wrong, but it's a partnership between MIT mm. <coughs> Um, and it was about creating more experimental games um, mm. in Singapore. So mm-hmm. again, quite a lot of the who's who in the games industry in Singapore uh, can trace their roots back to that program. Interesting. <coughs> um, so like Desmond, who did Cat Quest, uh, was involved with that as well. You might have just Googled it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, he's an indie who's doing really, really well. Yeah. Mm. Right, but... Uh, it's kind of funny because if you look at uh, most people's track records, there's like a couple of places that like will, milestones. Yeah, that everybody will, was there. Yeah, will come point. up um, in in common and yeah. go like, "Oh, you were so and so's colleague at yeah. mm-hmm. this place, yeah. or your ex, whatever it is." Yep. So all the associates, uh, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, Gamut Game Lab is really well respected. Uh, SUTD Game Lab was the second iteration of that in yeah. partnership with SUTD. Yeah. So, what was your role in that? <coughs> so. Sorry about the coughing. Um, so more of a design a mentor role this mm. time. So we did do some production, uh, but there's also a little bit of uh, mentoring. And I think for me, I wanted to give back mm. uh, in a way, not just like make games for money or whatever. Yeah. But I think I was trying to find my soul again. <laughs> <laughs> so so I went into corporate for a bit. Yeah. Uh, big companies, and I was like, no, no, let's let's go back and yeah. scale it back a little bit. When you say giving back, it's is it more like a teaching? You want to teach the next generation, or what does that mean? Um, so they run an internship program. Um, I don't remember. Was it three months? Three months plus. Okay. And the kids in that time make a game uh, demo prototype. Okay. Uh, they usually work with. Uh, we don't call them clients; it's partners. Mm. And uh, the students or the interns have the more or less final say on how the game goes, even though their partners may have certain agendas and wishes. Obviously, okay. people are supposed to work together, but we wanted to give the ownership to the game production teams themselves. Yeah. Interesting. And what 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 would you say is the the the, the finality of it? So when the game gets developed, is it is that like an uh do do they get employed by these people or um not so much that way because I think some of these companies are more looking to see how games can move uh, beyond entertainment and the the companies that were partnered uh, varied wildly from like fellow game um, studios yep. like for entertainment like myself uh, all the way to um, banks to um, universities etc okay. etc et so the, the the aim varies wildly um, I don't have strict uh, figures and some of the projects I can't talk about. Yeah. 
but I think some of the projects definitely uh, were continued on and the teams were essentially hired on to make a larger version of the demo. Interesting. Um, yeah. Some of them spun off into their own companies as well. Yeah. So, um, Joystick for one, which made um, Songbird Symphony. Okay. Critical right. Game Indie Game out this year um, was a team from SUTD Game Lab. Mm. Um, another one would be Dice Roll. Okay. Uh, so they made a sort of a spiritual sequel to their own game mm-hmm. right. uh, that they made in the Game Lab. Things like that. Interesting. So quite quite an interesting place. Um, I stayed there for about a couple of years and then uh, decided to move on. Which is into uh, <coughs> Battle Brew Productions? Um, more or less. There's a short stop in between. I won't go into too much detail for this one. <laughs> uh, helped... Um, sort of run someone's studio for a while. Mm. But I think we split on uh, creative differences. Mm, Uh, Basically, I think I'm the impatient one. Mm. Uh. Um, And I was like, "Mm, no, I think, um, I think maybe I can give this a shot myself. Oh, okay. Mm. So that was one of the the things I went through as more as the final thing. Um, I mean, side, sideways, no, I mean, happening parallel alongside all of this, um, I mean, the industry is close-knit, right? So we hang out, we chat. I can imagine. Um, a lot of the the moves, all of this, these things, they have, um, you could say, practical, um, career-oriented decisions or whatever behind them. But a lot of it's also really personal. Mm. You, you, you want to work with a certain bunch of people. Sometimes there are creative or practical decisions you disagree and then you don't really want to see a bunch of people again. Yep. Uh, as with any creative endeavor. So... Um, we, a bunch of friends, we used to hang out um, at Scape on the fifth <laughs> floor. Um, okay. We used to draw together every Tuesday night. So it's this uh, group of artists called Artivity. Okay. Uh, run by a good friend, uh, Aaron. Mm-hmm. He, he's done a few things. He's been art director yeah. for Zealot. Was it Zealot Studios? Zealot Interactive? I'm not sure. I uh, don't quite remember, but um, he's done quite a few things. I think now he's a lecturer again. Mm. Um, teaching art um, but yes there's a art group called Artivity yeah. a whole bunch of us including industry folks students mm-hmm. all hang out and draw together and um, I think a lot of us uh, who met there realised we got along realised we had friends of friends and yep. then we were good friends ourselves uh, we looked around in conjunction with all the, the like business stuff happening right uh, one bunch of friends um, at another studio, my own name, um, didn't do so well and got laid off. Mm-hmm. And we were like, wait a minute. And instead of jumping ship to ship, right? Yeah. Uh, don't we technically ship? have enough yeah. people here to form our own studio? Like We literally looked around and was like, mm-hmm. uh, artists 2D, artists 3D, designers, yeah. um, programmers. Yeah. I've always really liked your stuff. Uh, you've liked my stuff. Yeah. You know, we could make a game out of that. Oh, mm. wait. Uh, who else do you know? Mm. Etc. So we started work on a, on a side project, uh, which eventually morphed into Battle Sky Brigade. Yeah. Right. Um, Start pulling your resources together. Yeah, that, that's yeah. basically what happened. So we met up every... Um, like, Tuesday night was a casual thing, but uh, we used to meet up Monday nights, mm-hmm. especially after some of us got more serious about the thing. Yeah. Um, I mean... Gained some people, lost some people along the way. Yep. 
But that's basically how Battle Brew started. Do you remember how long was this process though? About the beginning, yeah. Half a year. Okay. Plus, plus. That's fast. Okay. I mean, that's okay. Half, half a year. Yeah. Half a year is the, the when I quit my job. Yeah. Um, that was mid 2016. Gotcha. I think, thereabouts. Yeah. Um, but we've been drawing together for like a couple of years before that. Yeah. Because uh, some of them I met them when I was in game lab. Okay. Uh, some of them way before. Yeah. Uh, some of them were like friends of friends yeah. who then tagged on after that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, basically quit my job um, after Game Lab, after the other studio, and yeah. I was like, right, um, I'm gonna try and figure this out. Uh, don't quit your job just yet. <laughs> 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 kind okay, of thing, right? Okay. Um, and then the formally, uh, the company formally started yeah. uh, 2017 Feb. Wow. Yeah, okay. Right? Okay. So fast, fast forward from 2017 Feb to 2019 December. Mm. Uh, could you speak of the games that you guys have? And yeah. Sure. Uh, so we have, um, okay, it's the first unfinished game and we still want to finish it someday. Battle Sky Brigade. It's now called Battle Sky Brigade Tribes. Tribes, uh, okay. <laughs> so in, ca- in case you guys are wondering, because we had this chat uh, before we started recording, yeah. right? So the game we were making was Battle Sky Brigade called Battle Sky Brigade. Yeah. Along the way, <coughs> it morphed into our mainstay IP and then it turned into a collection of games. Okay. So the strategy multiplayer game we were building uh, is now called Battle Sky Brigade Tribes. That's still unfinished. Yep. Uh, we brought the Taipei Game Show one of the years. Mm-hmm. Um, got featured on Bahamut and 4Gamer, which are Taiwan's uh, two biggest gaming sites. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Uh, I think we've also got a 9.6, 9.3 rating, reservation rating on taptap.com. What does that mean? Which wow. is a Chinese is it, is it Android. Good? Yeah. It's good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, people have been chasing us to like finish that game. Okay. Well, that's good. That's great reviews then. Uh, but but I mean, here here's the thing, right? About like like business and realities and yeah. practicalities and all that. Uh, we didn't actually have the cash to finish it. Mm. Uh, okay. So so that's where like you know game making is not necessarily just you know it's like all dreams and fun yeah. and hope and all it's that. Not just I, passion. Yeah. You know, there's actual like like business yeah. things. So uh, we had to do a hard pivot. Um, and when we are at some shows showing off the game, including Tokyo Game Show, uh, you have a bunch of girls, usually girls, who come by. Oh, this game's really cute. Oh, yeah. I love the bunnies. Yep. Oh, this world is great. Uh, can I not PvP? I, I don't really want combat for this thing. Yeah. What, what is this? What's PvP? PvP? Yeah. PvP is player versus player. So oh. we were building a strategy game where you could fight other players okay. Okay. Uh, using cute bunnies and airships. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a really yeah. stark contrast there. Okay. Yeah, but we really like that, right? So yeah. the term we had uh, to sort of sell things was, uh, oh God, do I still remember it? Uh, yabakawa. So I'll, I'll explain what that is. Right? Yeah. So, um, in Japanese, there's usually these portmanteau um, like combination words, right? Mm. So kimo kawaii is creepy cute. Okay. Right. Okay. So if you see those, you know, isopod plushies or like oh, okay, some okay. Halloween all right, cute all right. characters, but they're still a little bit creepy. That's it, right? Ours was uh, yabakawa, which is yabai, which is like uh, I mean, so yabai is slang also, right? Like it's like nasty, but it's like also cool. Okay. Okay. Right. So we, we take it as like badass, right? Yeah. And kawaii is still the same word from Too the previous cute, one. Yeah. So, yabai, kawaii, yabakawa. So it's nasty, cute. Badass, cute. Badass, cute. So, <laughs> so the, 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 what we want to build here was a, a conflict of like emotional resonance. Okay. Oh, sounds fancy, right? Um, so basically like, um, 
I mean, so so there's these cute bunnies, right? And they have like cannons in their ship, right? Yeah. So you blow stuff up and yeah. you go like, yeah, okay, that's satisfying. Yeah. But they're all like flying around, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, like falling to their whatever and they yeah, look, adorable, look like yeah. cry. So you're like, oh, oh my God, like that felt great, but I'm an asshole. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> kind of combination of yeah. feelings, right? So, yabakawa. Um, which which is basically key, I think, to the world that we were building. Mm. Um, so these girls were like, "Oh yeah, it's it's a uh, it's adorable. Can we can we not have the combat element?" Mm-hmm. And we we're like, "Wait, wait, wait!" So we're kind of like running low on cash, mm. and we we're like, "You know, let's release a game. Like, be really stupid to like die without releasing anything." So we actually realized, wait, that's a lot easier. You wanted just a town building. Okay, wait, hard pivot. What's the most casual genre we can think of? Idle clicker, something town builder. Let's do it. Because the, the base core systems could be salvaged from the main game anyway. So, so things were that dire at that point in time where money was running low and you guys had to release, or mm-hmm. you guys wanted to release something. Wanted, yeah. Okay. So that's what we did. Um, and thus, Battle Sky Brigade Tap Tap was born. You idol, cli- idol clicker. What is that? Idol clicker is that nefarious genre where you, as the name implies, you just click or tap. There's no actual quote unquote gameplay. Um. Yeah, you could you could put it that way. I mean, in our version, there's a little bit about. Sorry, just burped into mic. <laughs> like, um, <Tingle. laughs> like, uh, like. There's pirates you can drive away. So, I mean, you can tap on your ships and the ships are flying about. So, you could say there's some gameplay and we could push that further if we wanted. But most of them are just, you just tap. You just progress on the screen. Okay, okay. Um, PC analogs, uh, analogies of that, very famous one would be Cookie Clicker. What is that? I I would almost ask you to look this up. But then you might find yourself clicking three days later nonstop. Cookie clicker. Cookie yeah, cookie gonna, clicker. Yeah, really There's also a yeah. cow clicker. So basically, they're, they're progress-oriented games. Yeah. And uh, you just click and watch numbers go up. Is it like the... What? Okay. Look is, it up. Look it up. Is, is this... Ritz is looking is it up. Is it the right? one? Yeah, yeah. I take no responsibility for like... <laughs> okay, we're going to try it later. Okay. So wait, wait. So to run, run it through me. Yeah, so you click on it. Yeah, or tap. Uh, you can also look at Tap Titans. That's pretty famous for Tap mobile. Tap Titans. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Were, were these like the because okay? I only think when 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 I think of games and mobile mm-hmm. games, I think of a select few. I think of Clash of Clans. I think of the Simpsons one. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess PUBG. Okay. All yeah. super hardcore. But I think uh, to digress a little bit, right? That's the beauty of mobile gaming. Mm. Uh, one really famous one that you didn't mention, but um, got a lot of yeah attention, right? Yeah. Is Pokemon Go. I yeah. mean, like my mom plays that. Uh, my friends' moms and dads play that. Yeah. Some people's grandparents play yeah. that. Um, and then when it first came out, all the hardcore gamers were like, basically, what the hell is this? You exactly. know, like just swirl, yeah. throw the ball, and then like you catch Pokemon. Yeah. Go, what else do you do? And you go like at that point when it first launched, not much. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but I mean, we have to remember that people play games for many, many different reasons. And there's many different reasons as there are stripes of people out there. Yeah. Right. And even the I mean, the the request that sort of created Battle Sky Brigade Tap Tap and saved our lives was born from gamers asking us, uh, a different set of gamers from what we were originally aiming for, yeah. for admittedly, right? Uh, asking us for something that they wanted. Mm-hmm. 
because they were basically, um, yeah, multiplayer is great. I mean, can I go visit my friend's island or something like that? Sure. Yeah. But uh, can I not fight against them? And, and to us, that was like, but we we're making a strategy game. Was there yeah. resistance initially? Um, yes and no. So like the realities of life creep up on you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you gotta keep the, 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 the on cold hard fact yeah we need to keep <laughs> the lights on uh, we didn't have enough cash yeah uh, if you guys are wondering about that um, so we we got a we got an angel investor mm-hmm. uh, but we didn't get like a second round um, from VC funding or whatever much larger second half yeah uh, that's because I think at that point um, China had stopped issuing licenses for games what do you mean by that okay so um, basically means no new games at that point were published in China. The Can government, be published. yeah, the okay. government just put a flat halt to it. Gotcha. Uh, for a year plus, and they've only started reissuing now. In twenty nineteen, yeah. Is is it the is it is it a, is it a hallmark thing to to get a, a license in China? Um, I'm not an expert on that, but uh, it would seem so. Okay. Um, again, I won't go into details because that that on itself that was huge news. It still is huge news of massive ramifications. We're just like one of the last trickle off effects, like across the the game development. Uh, yeah, industry. I mean, because for example, if you look at investors, right? Yeah. they go like, "Oh, uh, how's the market growth like? Mm-mm. Oh, China just stopped issuing licenses. Excuse me." Oh, okay, because the market's so big that and license meaning yeah, is, more more or less half the half the market just went, I mean, not say offline, yeah. but just had a pause, right? Yeah. And go, so when's, when are they going to, when are they going to reissue? I, I just look at the other person, the other person looks at me and we all shrug our shoulders, right? Oh, okay. So it means that your game can't appear on a Chinese uh, platform? Is, is that what it is? Yeah, more or less, but okay. that's, that's a huge thing. That's yep. like one whole percentage. market that's locked yeah. out, right? Yeah. Um, not only that, like I said, it has a ripple effect. So then investors, gaming wasn't a hot thing. Uh, instead, okay. crypto was a huge thing. This was what, yeah. 2017? Uh, 2017 to 2018. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, and then through 2018, right? So, we, <coughs> we we were trying to talk to people and they were like, oh, you make games? Like, crypto games? <laughs> what and the fuck is crypto games? <laughs> like, involving cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin. Was it like the uh, pet one? The cat game? Uh, yeah, something like that. that that's one that, that made it well, but I mean, there's also a lot of um, companies that um, I'm going to too much detail. Said they were doing crypto and now no longer exist. Understand. <clears throat> so it's an interesting space, uh, but it's not what we did. I mean, you could say, oh, do a hard pivot into like crypto, but again, that's not what the team signed up for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, uh, I think for for that, if we were to be really honest, um, you can't. I mean, you could you could say, oh yeah, the business is pivoting, but nah, the team wasn't set up to do that. So we, we did the next best thing and okay, let's launch a game from a genre that some of us play on our side time yep. um, that incorporates the charm of the world and that was Sky Brigade Tap Tap. Mm. So um, that, I mean, okay, it's not making as much money as, uh, we're not rolling in money, for example, mm. uh, but it saved our lives, right? Extended the runway, uh, picked up two awards, two nominations last year. That would be Visitor's Choice, Game Start Asia, top three big indie pitch in Korea, yeah. uh, nomination finalists for IMGA Awards, yep. and then SEA Game Awards. Wow, okay. Uh, we also got into Google's uh, top 30 plus companies uh, for their uh, IGA, Indie Games Accelerator, 
class okay. of 2018 okay, okay. Uh, using TapTap as a submission. Yeah. Uh, we've also had Battle Sky Brigade TapTap uh, Game of the Day iOS twice or thrice mm-hmm. now. Uh, featured on Google as well. So, yeah, that hard pivot kind could, of saved the lives. Could you give us some context as to um, all the awards and the nominations that you just mentioned? How mm. important are these to like a small uh, game studio, especially in Singapore? Because we we have spoken to a lot of, uh, in, in our past episodes, we have spoken to a couple of uh, music artists. We have spoken to a couple of uh, music uh, labels even. And they said getting their songs onto like a Spotify playlist, that is really crucial. So could you please elaborate? Yeah. Um, okay, mileage may vary. Uh, yeah. I think that's the first statement, right? Uh, across genres even. But since you're talking about small studios, uh, that helps clear things up. I'd say for small studios, um, it, it is important because you're trying to raise awareness. Uh, we don't have the marketing war chest of <laughs> big AAA companies. Yeah. Uh, you you literally don't have millions of dollars. You have a pill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, to, to throw. In, in fact, for, for some companies, I mean, it might sound ridiculous to like the, the, the more established companies, yeah. right? But a lot of us, uh, we focus more on production. You go like, so what marketing budget do you have? Then crickets, <laughs> right? Uh, so it's kind of kind of a different uh, round reverse approach. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, the 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 not so pleasant answer here is you do whatever you can, mm-hmm. um, and winning an award, getting featured somewhere, um, are great ways. I think you can raise awareness, if not convert into a cell somewhere. Mm. Um, that you can raise effectively sometimes for free, right? Um, yeah, it's yeah. You don't have money to buy <laughs> massive Facebook ads yeah. or, or buy a billboard or something. So I mean, yeah. that's that's what you do instead. Speaking speaking about getting onto this, um, I know recently one of your games got into the Apple Arcade. Yep. Could you speak about that as well? Okay, so that would be our latest game, uh, Battle Sky Brigade Harpooner. So that's the third one in the Battle Sky Brigade. Series. Yes. Okay. Although, <laughs> although it would be the second one released because we didn't finish. The so, so there one, is yeah. Tribes, which is unreleased. Yep. Uh, tap Tap. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about Harpoon. Harpoona. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So uh, there are limits as to how far I can talk about this. Please. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Right. Of course. Wait, is that released yet? Or? It is, it's on. It's, it's on, on live okay. on Apple Arcade as nice. we speak. Okay. Uh, and in fact, uh, there should be another patch out soon and wow. we'll be still releasing new content for it. So also, what does it mean to when when you say that you have a game on Apple Arcade? Is it mm. um do they do they help fund it or do they what, what what's the deal? Yeah. Okay, so uh, again, limits as to how much I can say, <laughs> but um, just keep bleeping you out. Yeah. Right. So so I mean, there's uh, there's definitely publicly available information at this point, right? Yeah. Um, they do help with the development cost. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> Apple check. Yeah, Apple I'm not check. quite sure how they. Um, how it all started. I mean, they 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 contacted us to to have a chat, uh, but oh. I do suspect the game of the day had some influence on it. I'm not sure. What is this uh, game of the day? I mean, like the previous one, tap tap picked okay. up, uh, got featured, right? Yeah. Um. So I think they're definitely looking for a certain level of quality mm. of innovation. Uh, I mean, brand recognition, if you put it that way, but. I, I don't claim to speak for them. I just look at the other games that were released. Yeah. Um, and I think we are just blown away because it's it's um, it's um a great opportunity uh, for us, I think. But at the same time, it's also terrifying. Mm. Like, um, there's, there's people, there's companies there whose games I, I played growing up. 
um, and, and that I admire. Yeah. Uh, us two is there. Um, Square Enix has a game. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm, wait, Capcom has a game. Okay, okay. It's yeah. just, just, just crazy. It's crazy just, stuff. You're, you're amongst good people. Amanita has a game. Yeah. Um, and these were people who, I mean, their games, you, you play them growing up and then now you're on the same platform as them. Yeah. And it's a new platform and you're part of the games at launch. Um, so I think, um, yeah, we worked really hard for this. Really, really hard. <laughs> um, August was a crazy How hard? month. You know, all that, all that staying back we talked about yeah. earlier in, early in the podcast. Well, it all came back times three. Okay, okay. Um, was there a particular deadline that you guys were hitting or were things not... Uh, did you guys ID it? I How, would say... Um, well, I mean launch, right? So okay. launch of Apple Arcade itself. Mm. So yeah, that that I think was uh, was was the deadline because I mean we we had a demo uh, when when we were chatting with Apple yeah um, but it obviously wasn't a full game so we had to really really work hard for that okay um, but yeah we did it um, okay um, still building content for it yeah so not not entirely over. Uh, but yeah, really happy to be to be part of that launch, and yeah. I think it's a huge milestone uh, for us as a company. It's still slightly unreal. Yeah. Because um, yeah, like the rest of the games, you just look at them and you go like, oh, okay, we're next to Legends now. We're we're really small fry, but um, hi guys, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Welcome <to> us. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's pretty crazy. Um, you were talking about uh being next to indie developers and big studios. Would the difference just be in terms of scale between indie and, and big studios? Mm, I mean, that that's a that's a somewhat vague question also. I mean, like the differences are massive. Mm. If you look at Apple Arcade, I think a lot of the games there, um, like I said, have a certain level of polish mm. and innovation. Um, and you just look through and I think I'm amazed by and terrified by the amount of quality and 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 new mechanics and new ideas that's in there, um, but how they do things, um, we're kind of like reaching a, a strange state in the industry. Um, indies is also a weird and d- divisive term sometimes. Why is that? Um, I mean, when do you stop being indie? Mm. Is a really good question, right? That's mm. a, that's. A... Uh, when are you? Indie, indie. I mean, sure, there's indies, indie stories of like, oh, um, I was, you know, you're more of an auteur or something, right? And you're solo dev. Yep. Like that, that's the, the ultimate legend and myth, right? So the guy who did Stardew Valley, one man, yeah. five years, yeah, 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 yeah. Stardew Valley. So, okay. You're... I would call Undertale indie as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But then, um, like again, how do you, and I'm not going to answer this question. <laughs> when, when, when you stop being indie, right? So, I mean, you can say, okay, if your company has been acquired by a large company or something, sure, good for you, right? Um, but if it's um, a team of 10 and they are X, I don't know, Westwood Interactive. Oh, wow. I haven't heard that. Right. A bit, yeah. I mean, because this came out because I was just reading a news article about a bunch of guys who are a new team making a first-person uh, shooter strategy game. Mm. 
Okay. And okay. the ex Westwood. Is is the guys that made Red Alert, right? Um, I don't have the full details on which Red Alert they work for, yeah, but okay. I'm I'm pretty sure. Okay. But but yeah, um, ex Sega, ex whatever. Mm. So I mean, the guy could have like forty years experience, and then he comes out and he's an indie, and you go like, uh, yeah, technically he is, <laughs> right? Um, and okay. then uh, is it a numbers thing? Mm. Is it an experience thing? Like. 10 people or like one person, oh, he's an indie, definitely. Three people, you're indie. Five, 10, mm. 20, uh, 30. Where does it stop? Uh, 40, yeah. 50. Yeah. You're an independently owned 50 person company. Yeah. Are you still indie? Doesn't I'm not sense. sure, right? Mm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the line the line kind of blurs and sometimes you look at the level of quality as well. Um, like a game that just consistently blows my mind, Hollow Knight. Oh, okay. Uh, so, a Metroidvania. Yeah. There's a cute little bug character. Yeah. It's the world, world of bugs, basically. What, what, what do you enjoy out of it? For, for people who don't know what Hollow Knight is, could so you just Hollow yeah, Knight explain? is a really well-crafted um, side... Uh, well, side-scrolling is not really the word. It's, it's a Metroidvania, but I know that's a technical term, right? So you can explore this, this huge world. You fight in 2D. Uh, you can run, jump, uh, do special attacks, all of that. But it's just beautifully crafted and it's made by three people. And the level of quality, again, innovation, uh, sheer polish. It's a great fun game. Looks amazing. Plays amazing. Uh, I've meet, met them actually, Team Cherry, um, at some of the game shows. And I mean, you meet them and hey, they're just really nice people. And you go like, this was made by you. From a producer's point of view, when you found out that it was just created by three people, does it blow your mind that such a game? Um, I mean, well, you... It's very, very impressive. Um, mm. But that being said, I think some people look at our studio and they go like, oh, so how many of you are there? And you go like, oh, roughly about seven. And then like they pause for a while and go like, all of this was made by seven people. Is it in, in spite or is it in... Um, it's... <laughs> I, I think they, they, they go more like... Um, they're impressed by the production quality and they expected there to be more of us. Mm. Um... It's sometimes not about even quantity. It's just the the, the quality. I know it sounds weird talking about my own work or my own studio's work that <laughs> day, right? But um, self-praising. No, <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird. But but it's just also you. Um, I mean, I get what they're saying because uh, it's the same thing when you look at um, again Team Cherry as an example. Right? I look yep. at their work and you go like, wait, three three people made this, and, and you you believe it. You know it's true, definitely. But just go like the amount of um, skill and talent and polish and vision and then on top of all that just the hard work like yeah. how long did you take is usually the next question right and then they give you some comparatively crazy number again and you just <laughs> go what uh, same, same thing with like tap tap right so uh, we did the hard pivot in I think July 2017 2018 what? July 2018 wow. Uh, we had the first beta, like rough version, in November, effectively. Huh? <laughs> yeah, so that's five months, dudes. Uh, again, so people like, they what? Okay. Um, I mean, if you look at the timeline as well for Harpuna, we had like an early demo out, so we knew the mechanics, mm -hmm. uh, but we didn't know the full scope of what we uh, wanted to build, right? Yeah. Uh, we were chatting of um, Apple earlier this year. Yeah. So let's just say earlier this year, yeah. right? X months production time, not even full year. Mm. Same thing. So I think 
um, it. I know people people talk about work life balance, right? Um, and I've like divided opinions on that one. Yeah, what is your work life balance? Um, it's scary because I think my personal answer here, which is separate from the crew, yeah. Um, my line between work and personal life has kind of disappeared. Along the way. Along, I mean, if you look at it, it's it's always more or less been that way. Okay. Um, and is it is it healthy or not? Even I can't answer because sometimes I think you need to have a certain amount of um, conviction, commitment, and love for it to 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 bear fruit, right? Yeah. For whatever your passion or craft is, and if you're only putting in eight hours, whatever it is, yeah. right? Versus someone who's thinking about this 24-7. How are you going to beat them? You're Assuming you're, you're, yeah. you're equal levels, right? Yeah. Um, and God, what if they started even earlier in life than you did, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. um, but That's but here's the, case, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Uh, you talk about games. And again, uh, we get... I, I, I've had different sides of this conversation. Some say, oh, uh, you drop easy, right? Play a game, right? <laughs> and you go like... Uh, no, a lot of hard work. Thank you very much. But the truth is, I mean, I also still play a lot of games, right? Yeah. But now that you make games, um, you can't help but analyze every game you're playing. Oh dear. So you, but I mean, I mean, it's like, a job hazard. You know, no. Yeah, it's a job, job, job hazard, right? But to me, it's not necessarily a bad thing. So if you find you're enjoying it, then you're half dissecting it, but you're appreciating their craft as mm-hmm. well. And you know even clearer how much hard work and skill it takes to make something this good. Yeah. Um, to me, it's not a bad thing, right? Uh, so a lot of it to me um, isn't work also, you could say, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of the best friends I have ended up being in the industry or related to it as well. Yeah. Um, so you hang out on the weekend, for example, right? With your friends, you're having a barbecue and checking out. You know, I mean, talking about stuff. Hey, did you check out a new uh, Jedi Fallen Order? Yep. Yeah. And you go like, yeah, yeah, it was great. Did you see the moment when... And spoilers come in, right? Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> Um, I mean, a good question is, is that work, mm. right? Um, and for some people, you could define it easily, aka, yep. yes, you're in LucasArts or whatever it is. Yeah. It's work, right? Yep. Uh, on the other hand, it's like, you don't make that genre, but so is it work? Like, um, So I mean, that, that question, I'm, I'm not going to like fully answer it because sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But yeah. I, I just say the amount of um, passion and effort, um, obviously, if you're not having a good time, um, get out for your own health and sanity mm, mm. get out but um, the commonality I think for a lot of the folks uh, who are doing well is that they really really love this it's more than a job it's a calling and a lifestyle mm-hmm. and I mean maybe why we do it as a job is because even if it didn't pay us yep. money we'd be doing it for fun anyway yep. so you may as well make money off of it yep. Yep. Um, so I think that's the, the sort of like stance that we, we bring towards that or at least that, that I have I think when, when I was researching uh, for this podcast, I think uh, you, you speak about passion of the developers and passion of the team and of people uh, making games. So I think one of the issues that kept coming up in the articles I was reading was about crunch, mm. about this thing called crunch. Yep. So for people who might not know what crunch is, could you please describe it? And why is it so, or it seems so uh, persistent in the, the, the gaming industry? Okay. Uh, so crunch, very simply, is uh, part of what I've been talking about a lot this podcast. Crunch is um, enforced or sometimes unenforced overtime. It's basically overtime, mm. right? Um, and it's definitely not healthy uh, because you sacrifice things uh, for it, right? Like 
I mean, if you're if you're in the studio on a weekend, that means you could have spent yep. the weekend elsewhere, yep. uh, cycling, hanging out with friends or family, etc. Again, which is why I say my earlier statement, like it's not entirely healthy. I'm not quite sure where I stand on it. I'm, I'm a bit divided sometimes. Yep. But look at my own life. Um, a lot of the crunch was voluntary as well for me. Mm. Um, and depending on who you ask or whatever, like, do I have a choice? Do I not have a choice? <laughs> right? That kind of thing. Uh, if, if, you know, that sort of thing. So um, crunch, I think if you look at um, the job more as a job, right? Mm. Then it's definitely unhealthy. And why does it happen? Um, there's a variety of reasons. Uh, yeah. I think the classic bad example for it, and this is partly why I... I burnt out when I was working with bigger companies. Um, production crew is generally production crew. If you don't see some of the bigger picture, you're not um, given a chance to be aware of it, then you can't uh, sometimes see the reasons as well. I'm not going to justify the reasons. Uh, I think studios should have a healthy balance. Like You need to get out of the studio sometimes, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, but simply put, I mean, if there's a hard deadline there's a hard deadline. Like Even that. if Murphy's Law kicks in, right? Yeah. Um, like the Apple one. Uh, well, uh, that's a hard deadline, but I think we scoped for it. Mm. So, okay. Uh, I think we're okay with that one. Anyway, for us, it was about maintaining a level of quality, which brings us to the next one, right? Voluntary. And that, in its own way, can be more dangerous. And I, myself, fall prey to that, right? Yep. Um, and Ben, my co-founder, definitely falls prey to that because I think we're both um, well he's a bit on the anxious side so it's like you can't <laughs> stop thinking about it yeah. so sometimes he'll be working on something like really super late at night and I'll go like why are you awake go to sleep and it's like I can't sleep mm. uh, until I fix this if not I've insomnia and I can't sleep anyway yeah. right yeah. Um, and I have a similar problem more on the design side um, it's dangerous because I think that line then disappears you're not quite sure when to tell yourself, even if like other friends tell you take a break. Um, you don't feel like you deserve the break. Maybe it's not even like you deserve the break or not. It's, it's just that the game needs this to be done. Yeah. Uh, it's just like stage too tough still. I mean, all of that's tough because it's it's subjective, right? Yep. Like, like yeah. that exact question. Is this level or world too tough? Depending on who you ask, yes. yeah. it's Who's either it? yeah. right, just right, um, too tough, too tough in certain ways, yep. too easy, too easy in certain ways. Yep. Uh, you'll never get it perfect. And I think because games are a combination of different genres, mm. I mean, uh, different, like, uh, not genres, um, different skill sets even, right? Yes. So you have your technical side, is the code flawless and yeah. it will never be flawless. There'll yep. always be bugs somewhere, yep. right? Yep. Um, design uh, is this game perfectly balanced there's no such thing right yeah. um, art how much better can it look and again like the it's visual all assets, right? yeah. subjective yep. right yep. Um, audio right music uh, can this stage music be more exciting less exciting uh, can we do a remix of this especially yep. if the mechanic changes there is no actual end if you want to see how perfect yeah. how well done or how well crafted how perfectly balanced your 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 game is there's no actual end and no matter what even if you make something like universally 
inverted commas, right? Acclaimed. Like, I love The Witcher 3 bits. I just bought it. Game of the year. <laughs> you know, lots of people love it. There'll still be one moron somewhere out there like leaving it the worst review ever. And you go like, what is wrong with you? You know? Yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, there's no pleasing everyone. Have have Mm -hmm. you all received that for for the games? Oh, we have. We have. um, Definitely. I won't go into too much detail, but some of it's just puzzling. (laughs) Um, Like, I I think the, the strangest one, the strangest bad one, I think, was Guy from Russia. Yeah. Oh, cute game for kids. One star. <laughs> which, like which, which part of this looked like Mortal Kombat to you? I mean, like, <laughs> like there's a cute bunny on the front, right? There's, there's, a, there's an airship. Of course it's cute for the kids. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's cute game for kids, right? I'm not quite sure what you wanted. Um, thanks Kombat. for the one star. What? Yeah. Um, I think usually people are more balanced than that, but you do get ones that just yeah, man. puzzle you. Yeah. You just like, excuse me. Um, I think another one, uh, in fact, it's a game on Apple Arcade that I love, What the Golf. Oh, I, I think I saw a video of that. It's, it's, it's really hilarious. Nice. Yeah. Really hilarious. So, yeah. um, it's it's a game where uh, you think you're golfing, but then you're golfing with everything. Cars, the golf golfing character himself. Oh, it's fun. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I think one of the most bizarre reviews was like, most boring game ever. Why would you play this? Like, what is, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Seriously. Um, but you never know. Maybe they're actually serious. I don't know, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. So, so bridging off that point, um, I believe you've taken off many roles in your life from design yep. and stuff like that for to, to be a mentor. So, as your role now in, in Battleboo Productions, um, what are some things that you have to learn on the job even? or you have to, to take yourself out of it and to see things from a bigger picture for the longevity of the, of, of the studio? I, th- I think it's actually more the business side. Um, marketing as well, maybe. Mm. Uh, but definitely more the business side. Because I think if you look at... Um, so I, I think I have like one, one principle I try and, try and hold true to. It's just called be fair, right? Okay. Uh, be fair to the crew be fair to the people who've worked hard, yeah. be fair to the investors, try and see where people are coming from, right? Because um, some of them might be approaching the problem or issue from a very different start point from you. So for example, I think uh, a question I get a lot from um, other folks who maybe want to form studios, etc., be questions about how did you uh, manage to get your first round of investment anyway? Right? Mm, okay. Um, but I think if you look at say the, I wouldn't even say classic model of investing, right? Uh, where the investors come from, a lot of um, craftspeople. I put them as the opposite end of that. Uh, more like, oh yeah, I will have money to make my product or build my dream. Uh, good for you, but the investor put his money in or her money in for you to multiply that amount, yep. right? Yep. To make more money. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say they are opposed, but technically, um, well, usually creating things requires money. Yes. Right? In a capitalist world. Yeah. Or requires effort, which money is a good <laughs> uh, solution for yeah. generally, right? Yeah. Um, but then, you know, when you go like, um, like you, you talk to some of the other like folks who want to start studios or et cetera. So, when you talk about the business side, right? Uh, can you, like a question we might might ask or get, right? Is 
So if I leave my money with you, uh, what's my return on investment? Yep. Can you guarantee like my money will will grow by a factor of three times after X years, whatever X wow, is, right? Okay. Um, and what's your plan for doing so? Yep. And a lot of craftspeople, um, that has actually never crossed their mind because they're here to create a product or build their dream, which yep. is a product-based thing, rather than I'm about to multiply my moolahs, yeah. right? Um, so, I mean, it may sound super basic, but you might be surprised at the amount of people who've never yeah. uh, thought about that, yep. right? Um, things like that. Um, so, I think you could say it's different values, different whatever, but I think it's about just trying to see where other people are coming from. Yeah. And and that's, uh, that, that's a key skill because even dealing with publishers, uh, you have to be able to sort of answer their questions, right? What, what is a publisher? A publisher, it's right. Like a so, book publisher? Something like that? Sort of. So, um, publishers for games basically uh, market your game for you. They, they help you spread the word where you couldn't. So, okay. we talked a little bit about awareness earlier yep. and getting the word out, right? Yeah. So, a publisher here could be a distributor and marketer. Okay. Okay. So, they, they get your game out to places you wouldn't have reached to. Hmm. And depending on the studio, um, this is either a super great thing or a why are we uh, not super viable thing. Example, if a studio can self-publish, aka, um, which is quite viable these days, technically, uh, then you're fine. Uh, you might not actually need a publisher. But if you have never bothered with marketing, you have no interest in doing so, you just want to make games... Um, and you've got a good game, then maybe a publisher could be the best thing that's happened to you because they'll do the job that you don't want to do, which is marketing your game, yep. bringing it out to people, especially if you'd just rather be making. So uh, having said that, I think publishers definitely have their place. Yep. Right. Um, on the other flip side, uh, a lot of platforms and mechanisms now exist where studios are able to take publishing into their own hands. Yeah. I'm not going to advocate for either. Again, depends entirely on what um, the team wants to yeah. do for that specific team. Um, so yeah, if you talk with publishers, for example, their aims, again, are kind of um, different from yeah. sometimes the studio. If the studio's production focus, aka, uh, I'm happy for your game, but uh, how many copies of it can I sell bracket, ah, and okay, make my money okay. back plus okay. more, right? Because okay. usually you're, you're splitting cash with them. And okay. they're probably going to spend money, money on you first. Mm. So they need to know they can get their money back. So, like, would, would companies like Sony's, is that a publisher as well? Definitely. They they do publishing. Okay. Is, is Better Brew, uh, pub, do, do Better Brew publish their own game? Um, we do both. Um, so for TapTap, we actually have a Hong Kong, Taiwan, Macau publisher. Interesting. Um, we are generally okay uh, to do the English version ourselves. Yeah. Um, if we go to China, we definitely need a China publisher for legal reasons. Yeah. <coughs> um, so yeah, the answer really is both. And that's where the license, the one you were talking about earlier, comes yeah, in for the yeah, China side. China side. Exactly. Interesting. Uh, I want to take a pivot to this conversation on uh, publishing and ex exclusivity. We talk about the Apple Arcade. Uh, the reason why I'm touching on it because um, there is a Steam platform where People can get a whole host of games. And I think recent, recently there was a lot of controversy with Epic and, and, and their online platform. And, sure. Um, 
what what is your take on exclusive deals? Meaning that your games can only be exclusive to this particular platform. Is it the same for Apple Arcade? Could you speak a little bit more about that? Okay, so I won't speak for Apple Arcade because yeah, okay. uh, I don't speak for Apple. Yeah. Um, I'll just say that I think each uh, deal is uh, more or less bespoke. Okay. Um, as far as I'm aware, that is. Regarding things like Epic and Steam, yeah. um, again, the maxim is uh, be fair, try to be fair. So I think a lot of consumers or, or gamers don't necessarily understand the business side. They just want the game to play. Yeah. <coughs> which, is, which is fine and fair, right? But for studios, they got to keep the lights on. So I think if you look at Epic, um, Epic has been offering... Uh, cash up front for exclusivity that's, and again read, I'm yeah. not sub, I don't know the full details <coughs> so for example I don't know whether it's a time exclusive mm. or it's a full exclusive or whatever I mean that term also has many different variations yes. right sometimes um, I think it's up to the studio and it should be left left there and the studio definitely does uh, or should make a calculation on their own right if we uh, never go on to Steam, <coughs> how many uh, customers or gamers or players do we lose? On the other hand, uh, doesn't exclusive uh, to Epic also open up another audience? Or is it a different subset of that yeah. audience? Yeah. Or is it in some cases a bigger audience? Um, so, I mean, I, I just say, I think it's, especially people who don't understand how studios work would be like, Maybe just think about the studio as well. Unless you're about to go out <laughs> there and buy like, I don't know, a copy of the game at the very least. Yeah. If you're not going to buy a copy of the game, what are, what are you talking about, right? People just have opinions, I suppose. Well, I mean, everyone's entitled to have one, right? Um, but yeah, I think some exclusives in a way guarantee some level of safety for the studios. Safety, okay. I mean, because, I mean, the cash is in a bank. You can pay the crew yep. on time, etc., yep. right? Is that necessarily a bad thing? I, I don't necessarily see it as. Yeah, case by case. Yeah, case by case, right? Uh, on the other hand, an exclusive means for the studio that you seal yourself off, off even if it's uh, for a period of time only, yep. Yep. right? Uh, but you still seal yourself off from certain other markets. Mm. And um, gamers have their own loyalty, uh, be it to companies, but definitely to platforms as well. Yeah, yeah. Right? I know Cuphead um, was something like that as well. I think when Cuphead released, it was, uh, exp- I think, Microsoft? I don't fully remember. At yeah, I time. know it was exclusive. And now, I think recently it was on Steam. So, yeah. So, it could be the same deal. But yeah, um, I, th- I think it's just about, again, trying to be fair to both sides, right? Mm. Um, and for studios, definitely. I mean, if you don't release on Platform X, whatever that is, uh, yeah, you're still suffering a theoretical loss. So, okay, sure. And that's a delicate balance that someone like you would have to, to weigh, isn't yeah. it? Interesting. I think for us, we are a small studio. Um, and I mean, depending on, on the deal, we'd, we'd have to look at it on a case-by-case basis. Yep. Yep. Um, there's also things about like manpower. And this is, again, something that uh, gamers generally don't think about people in a studio, aka how much time it takes to make a port to another uh, to another platform okay right so you gotta maybe adjust the controls uh, adjust the UI uh, hidden things like oh god does this platform like process memory entirely differently which means you know you know people don't think about that right they don't have to I think <laughs> yeah I mean <laughs> so they just play the game right yeah so, 
um, how long will it take? And then that translates back into cash again, yeah. uh, which means how much money do we spend on this? Uh, so again, f- like sometimes, uh, won't mention which which companies or which studios again, but we've had certain chats with certain studios and they just go like, yeah, we are never going to launch on platform X mm. or Y because even the way they process memory is weird or something. And yep. you just go yep. like, uh, too many formats within that platform to cater to. I don't have the people to cater to it. Um, example, right? So, some things that um, aren't as readily apparent. Yep. So, moving forward from this, um, I'm very interested, and please share as much as you can, um, as how a, a game production studio like yourself, mm. how does, how do you guys make money? Because, um, let's say for TapTap, it's, it's a mobile game, it's mm-hmm. an app store and everything, and you get downloads, but downloads and people playing on game, it doesn't translate to money. How do you keep the lights on? Okay, so uh, TapTap isn't a premium game. So we don't make money the moment you download. Uh, premium games are more the classic model. What's a premium game? Premium means basically um, it's for sale for $4.99. Gotcha. You okay. download a game means you paid us four ninety nine. Technically, whatever platform takes a cut of that yep. usually. Yeah. Yep. So we get less than four ninety nine. Yep. <laughs> Um, so that's premium. That's the classic model, right? Okay. Boxed games used to be it. Now it's digital sales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Steam Ridiculous. premium, yeah. right? Okay. Generally speaking, there's some free to play there. Um, tap taps free to play, so we make money off ads and in-game purchases. Okay. Yeah. Um, none of that's compulsory. You can play the game as long as you want without ever paying us a cent. Yeah. Um, but as a studio, right? So I mean, we hear enough from from the gamer side, I mean, I'm sure enough friends play that kind of thing, right? I myself play a lot of free-to-play games. But from a studio perspective, I'd say free-to-play can be riskier because there's no guarantee they're going to make anything. Mm. Uh, on the other hand, uh, it could be the route to riches because uh, the way it scales, uh, scales a lot better than premium where you're limited by the number of copies. Yeah. Mm. Whereas like say if say your game has very strong incentives uh, for players to pay mm-hmm. within the game or watch ads or whatever it is, right? Yep. Uh, that theoretically scales infinitely. True. Right? Agreed. Yeah. So we've heard stories definitely about like, um, especially for like gacha games, which are loot boxes, basically. Mm. Loot box type games where somebody spent thousands a month on that sort of thing. Yeah. Wow. It's horrifying though. It yeah. is yeah. to some extent. Um, but again, I think this one is a personal decision. Mm. Uh, I myself have spent at times maybe a couple hundred bucks here and there mm-hmm. on on loot boxes. <laughs> uh, there were games where I felt really bad about that. I won't name them. Um, <laughs> there were games where I felt perfectly fine with that and went, okay, you know what? You guys deserve my cash. Take yeah. it. So I think the the mileage really varies. Depends on the game. Depends on the crowd as well. Yeah. So, so for, for for people who might not know, what, what could you explain? What what is a loot box? Okay. So a loot box is basically. I mean, there, there's a few terms for it. Loot box is the the current popular one in the Western world. Yeah. Asian world is known as gacha for gachapon. The so basically, turning turning yeah, machine yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's part of the origin for it, right? Okay. But a loot box basically is. You buy a package. Inside the package, there are randomized contents. Mm you may or may not get the exact one you want. Okay. Uh, that in its essence is a loot box. And 
for loot boxes, there's a lot of varieties of how they they do it even. And depending on the game, like, it could be infinite as well. Does your game have characters, weapons, equipment, um, special spirit summons, um, other... I don't know, non-equipment equipables, which non-equipment is weird. Non-equipment equipables. <laughs> so, so like, Dragale Lost has something called Worm Prince. Worm. Like, um, Dragon, you know, W-Y-R-M. Oh, oh W-Y-R-M, okay. It's not a sword, it's not a shield. And you go like, what is a Worm Print? I never figured that out. But, <laughs> but sure, bonuses, right? Okay, okay. Um, yeah, things like that. I think a lot of the conversation about surrounding loot boxes and mm. its controversy, it's... It's it's a bit of a shorthand for gambling in that sense, from that particular perspective, because a lot of the games that the conversation is being had around, it's it's mostly geared towards younger people and younger folks. They might not have the the awareness even to 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 know that they are they're buying into something like this. So what is your perspective from a developer's point of view? Okay. So I think this one, uh, again, mixed opinions because I have spent, like I said, money on loot boxes myself. There are times where I felt shit about it. Times where I felt okay with it. Times yeah. where I felt, yeah, okay, this is fine. Okay. Right? Um, I think it's how the game does it. Mm. Uh, and again, case by case, right? Um, I think that's actually part of why China has issued um, partly stricter regulations on games, right? Uh, Germany has as well. So I think um, Japan has as well, yeah, actually. Uh, for a lot of the loot box type games, you have to declare legally your odds on the wow. on the loot boxes and declare what the contents are. It's like customs check. Uh, sort of. Uh, back when we started, that wasn't a requirement. And there was a more um, nefarious kind of loot box around, which Japan has legally banned, by the way. Wow. So it's called Kumpu Gacha. Kumpu. Uh, Kumpu. I'll, I'll break that down. Um, combination oh. Gachapon, right? So combination loot box. So that means, right, you need item A, item B, item C, item D, and item E. If you get all of them, you get this extra bonus that can only be gotten if you've gotten a to whatever it does. That sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> right. But but I mean, you know how statistics and, and numbers break down, right? Yeah. So people think, oh, you know, my odds are fine. You know, I've gotten A and, yeah. and C yeah. and E. I just need B, right? Yeah. Uh no, you're gonna be rolling for, for quite a while. Mm. Um so that was banned because it was literally too effective, right? Um <laughs> too effective. yeah, too effective, right? <laughs> um yeah, that that's that's banned. Um but if you look at, say, um, the mechanic as a whole, right, in its base form, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like I said, it's how you use it, right? Mm. So, Kombu Gacha, I think the the pool, uh, we'll talk a little bit about um, uh, psychological concept. Skinner's box, have you heard of that? Please explain. Skinner box, right. So, um, it's about conditioning um, uh, an expected response okay. of a semi-random stimuli, Yeah. right? So, um, man, this has been some time. I might, I might be getting this wrong. I'm so sorry if I'm getting it wrong. Please rusty. go look it up, right? <laughs> um, but basically, um, you, I think the experiment was about, was it about rats? I'm not going to go into that. But uh, basically, for example, if you press a button, right, and you maybe get food or, or rewards or something when you press that button, then odds are whenever you want 
a reward or foods, you're going to go press that button. Even if that shock. button might not necessarily give you on command 100% of the time that thing that mm. you want. Right? But regardless, we've gotten you, for example, to go up to that button and press it. When you're hungry or when you want something. At a specific time. Mm. So specific behavior, usually there's a schedule yep. and semi-random or random response. Right? But you might or might not get something. Yep. The human brain's kind of hardwired to try and make order out of that chaos. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's an analogy, an analogy about life. Yeah. Right? But that's, you know, we're all trying to make order out of chaos, right? <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not going to say people, all people play games for this, but I think um, I definitely have a little bit of that. Um, in real life, a lot of stuff is out of your control. You go mm -hmm. into a game, technically you can win it. Uh, you can amass resources if it's that sort of game. You can finish a quest, save the whatever, get more powerful, find a magic sword. Yep. <laughs> and then here comes this mechanic where you have a chance at getting this uh, more powerful item or whatever it is usually, right? Um, it works because we're hardwired that way. Mm. And we look at a Western example of loot box or gacha that's been around for ages. It's actually um, card games, you know, those those packs, like, card um, packs, Mag like Magic the Gathering. Okay, okay. Oh, right? man, I'm a huge fan. So I, I played <laughs> a lot of that and I definitely gave a lot of my back then allowance, pocket oh, money, yeah. Yeah. Push, the Wizards of the Coast. And I mean, that strategy works, right? Because yeah. mm -hmm. more or less, you're going to get a rare, but you don't know which rare you're going to get. Mm -hmm. That is basically loot box. I think, I, think I, 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 I research on, on that particular comparison, but I think a lot of the conversation is also because like, like for cards, you're, you're getting a physical product when, when you're buying something like that. Ah. For, for um, loot boxes, it's mostly digital. You're not getting anything. Ah, but here's, here's the thing, right? We live in an increasingly digital world. Who mm. is to say that that digital thing doesn't have worth, right? Yeah. Um, I used to play a lot of World of Warcraft, right? Mm. If I lost my account, or if I would attempt to sell it on eBay, not that I would, right? Mm. It's definitely be worth money. I've been playing it for like 10 years. Yeah. I like a lot of yeah. cool shit on it, right? Um... I think what a lot of people um, who who use that statement, mm. aka uh, on one hand you get something physical, on the yep. other hand you have something digital, don't realize is that all value technically is virtual anyway. Mm. What I mean by that, right? So in Singapore, we don't really have much uh, land, right? So cars are expensive, right? Why would you need a car in Singapore? You say convenience, mm. etc. So yep. sure, we'll give that to you, right? Yep. Why would you want, say, I mean, theoretically speaking, going by stereotypes, right? A Lambo versus a Toyota. I think it's a social question. Isn't yeah, it? social. Yeah. And it's in, I mean, it's in the brand names already, right? Supposedly one might have greater power to like, I don't know, give you the illusion of being rich. <laughs> one sounds better, and supposedly. Whatever, right? So, so, Maybe it's marketing, maybe it's whatever, right? Yep. But most people go like, if you have a Lambo next to Toyota, which one would you pick? Yep. Right? Um, for, I don't know, example, going to a party to impress people. Yep. Yeah. Right? So let's be very specific about that. I don't know. Okay, fine. Lambo, right? Yeah. And that's because we've ascribed certain value yep. to it. But really, um, besides it, I mean, going faster, maybe accelerating faster, etc. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, if you're in a jam in a Lambo and you're jamming a Toyota, <laughs> is there any real difference? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All going the same speed. Yeah. And then, um, let's not even talk about like maintenance, cost, etc. Yeah, right? yeah. But it's just the value that we ascribe. So, um, in a world that's increasingly digital, I, I definitely argue and say that the digital has value. right? So, I think to me, it's just... Uh, that's not an argument I hear much nowadays. Mm. Maybe more from the older folks. Mm. But again... You know, um, if they lost their Pokemon Go accounts, they'd be really pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> but I, what what I find um, particularly fascinating a couple of things that games have gone from being physical products. I used to see them at Challenger. I used to see the physical boxes, physical discs, because we're all of a sudden age here, so we have we have lived through that era, and now within the past like a decade or 15 years or so, you can just get it on Steam. Get a digital copy. You don't even get a physical copy yeah. of the game. Next thing is, what I find to be fascinating as well, it's it's the, I would call it the, the black market economy of games. Let's say for, for CSGO, you get all the, the different skins that have no effect on the gameplay per se. It's just purely aesthetic. But certain skin from certain something can go for hundreds of dollars. Same for for uh, different different games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's particularly fascinating that this whole there's been a really big shift. Yeah, um, I'd say actually that's the way humanity has always been. What do you mean by that? Um, I mean people like, like we just had a chat about social value, right? Yeah. Um, what is someone's world? What is someone's world if they play a lot of CS:GO? Yeah. Example, let's just say they play it every night. That's their world. Yep. That's literally their social world. Who do they hang out with? How do they hang out with them? Right? If you had like a really shiny knife, right? In CSGO, which is one of those things, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and your friends go, holy crap, man. Where did you get that? Yeah. Social value achieved, mm. right? Uh, same thing with like that guy who might have bought a Lambo to show up to some prestigious party in person. That's his world. Yeah. It's in the physical world. But I mean, as like I said, as we move more to online um, life, yeah. I'm going to say like we're all like living in VR, even though that might be a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely there's, there's value ascribed there. To me, it's just a continuation of the earlier, earlier question. Mm. Um, People have always wanted fancy things. Yeah. And it's just been translated into... Uh, digital form. Digital form. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's... You know, it's like economics, was it? Scarcity creates value. Yeah. It's basically it. Interesting. I think what's, what's particularly fascinating also, um, the, 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 the popularity of streaming... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact now is that if you know, if you have your wits about you and you know what you're doing, you can create your own audience and you can effectively play games for a living. Yeah, for some. Yeah, yeah. I think that that to me is, is is one thing that still blows my mind because it's you have to be smart about it first of all, and you have to do your homework and everything. But you can effectively play games for a living, and and it's something that. I don't know, you, you grow up, your parents say, oh, you, you're playing games, oh, you, 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 you are, you should go study, you should go do something else. But now effectively gaming in its hierarchy and everything, it's, it's a viable uh, career. It's a viable profession. 
Okay, I actually like to point out that I think that one is actually, again, a lot more hidden hard work mm. um, and sacrifice that people give them um, regard for, right? Um, to me, it's actually a new form of celebrity. Mm. But again, if you look at one of the drawbacks of celebrities, loss of privacy. Yep. Right? Mm. But if, say, you're um, a movie star or, you know, something classic, right? Maybe there's a line sometimes between that persona yep. and personas that you're famous for and your private, private life. Yep. What people might not realize is that these new breed of celebrities have let you more or less into, into uh, you could say it's also a persona, but it's a persona that's a lot closer to your private life. Yeah. Uh, you're looking into their homes, basically. Yeah. Um, they're trying to to sell that image to you for a much longer time period. Like a movie, maybe you watch two hours and they're done, right? Yeah. And you could say, oh, digital distribution, good for you. But uh, some of the streamers, man, they, they stream like several times a week. Um, several times a week, they're giving like half their life to you. That is true. Right? Um, <laughs> and, and again, stuff we take for granted, right? But yeah. um, to me, that attention and time even though you could say it's impersonal but that's not the truth of it because a lot of them actually also bother to personally respond yes. and reply <laughs> to their fans right yeah. um, so you can't even say it's impersonal anymore no man no. it's it's personal all the way they hear more or less on call yeah. right um, to me in some ways it's a bigger sacrifice than if you were to just take a, a personal that you can leave offline and you know um, go, go, go about your private life mm of these streamers what they sell you is part of their private life yeah I think that's also why it sells mind you but uh, I think that's a big sacrifice in itself mm. interesting um, I'm personally curious to know what games did you play growing up huh a lot um, Nintendo 8-bit was my first console uh, so there was I mean all your classics like Mario etc yeah um, but Sega Mega Drive was where um, I think it really hit for me. Sonic the Hedgehog, Golden Axe. My first RPG was Fantasy Star 4. Fantasy for P, right? Yeah, okay. PH, actually. Yeah. Um, and then like, spoiler alert, but we're like several decades late, right? A couple of decades late. Um, main character, or it's like one of your, your characters in your party actually dies, like permanently dies. And it's like, Kid Sean was like, Wait, what? Oh, okay. Wait, that's possible? <laughs> oh my god, your heroes can die? And it's just reload the save file. Uh, no, but but no, it's like a storyline thing. They were yeah. permanently dead and someone else betrayed you. And I was like, uh, to me, it was really mind-blowing because, um, I mean, I enjoyed reading a lot, mind you, right? Uh, reading was great. But games, you actually live through the hardship of your characters. Mm. So I'd spent hours grinding like good gear, for this character and then suddenly they die and I like had built a team around her and you're just like, wait, what? And then, like sometimes you give gear to like character that betrays you in a game and you didn't know that first time playthrough and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could like, um, in some games reset a save file but this one was a narrative thing and you just didn't know that. Yep. You're just like, oh my God, you mean I permanently lost this character? No, there must be a way to win and there wasn't back yep. then. So you just like, um, I think the revelation um, the emotional revelation was was very, very personal. And I think that was was me realizing, oh, you know, games is this, they unlock not a world, but many, many, many worlds. Yeah. 
Um, I remember I was like drawing fan art or like my own versions of like, oh, what what would a different Sonic level look like? Um, wow. How does this work? And then yeah. I got graph paper and everything. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So there must be different routes. So I guess you could say that started really young. It stimulates the creativity. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation, uh, Final Fantasy, the whole series has been a wow. huge thing. I mean, yeah. we, a lot of us grew up playing that. But Final Fantasy Tactics is it. Is it the, the, the sprite? looking ones or yeah, the, the, the grid based oh, okay. strategy yeah. strategy game uh, and again that, yeah. uh, rich storyline great characters uh, amazing music soundtrack that I still listen to to this day mm. um, I mean there's so many games the, the list goes goes endless mm-hmm. and then obviously there's all the new games that came out um, and then mobile gaming hit mm. yeah um, yeah just games has been an endless source of inspiration and wonder um, sometimes it's an escape, mind you. World of Warcraft was crazy. It's so much <laughs> of my life. Um, but yeah, really, it's a sense of, of wonder, um, both um, alone, like single-player games, and then later on with people. Yeah. Like either you're playing side-by-side side with family or friends. Um, and later on, there was like MMOs. Yeah. So I made a, another group of really good friends through playing uh, games like MU, Moo Online. Oh, I remember that. Okay, um, okay. Uh, there like was Ragnarok it, even well. even before that it was like Diablo Diablo 2 yeah yeah uh, Ragnarok Maple Story uh, of course uh, Lineage 2 then World of Warcraft yep. and World of Warcraft was a staple for like a good decade or so decade wow <laughs> played from vanilla yeah I was a warlock back then yeah and I became a shaman yeah um, so yeah I mean it, it's just crazy because um, there's so many of these I mean we talked about um, digital stuff versus physical, right? But here we can have a meal with friends, right? And we can talk back, I mean, we can think back, and we'll describe places to each other that have never existed in the real world. True. Right? So I remember like um, a lot of the raids, like, you know, we fight Ragnaros and uh, Ragnaros, <laughs> like all that. I mean, like raid bosses, World of Warcraft, <laughs> <Okay>. etc. <cetera. laughs> Um, you you enter really spectacular worlds like like um, I think one of them was that was really nice. I think a friend and I explored for a while. Um, was the floating islands in Nagran, which okay. is an area. So you go like, oh, gravity doesn't quite work here. That's <laughs> that's great. And then there's these massive crystal trees. Yeah. Um, and this is like other floating like city of wizards called Dalaran. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we all remember these places, but none of them have ever existed that is in true. the real that world. Is very you can true. talk about like, oh yeah, I remember how much of a, of a pain it was to get to this blacksmith or whatever. Yeah, why why is the blacksmith in that corner of the city? It's really annoying. Mm. Like, um, hey, have you ever been up to like the the airstrip at Iron Forge? And again, none of these places are real world places, but yeah. you remember the the geometry yeah. mm-hmm. and the the landscape yep. and the things you did together. And I think to me, that's one of the greatest magics of gaming. Do you think this... So I, 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 was, I was watching a video on this guy Wax Lyrical on his experience for Diablo 2. So Diablo 2 is a game by, I think, Blizzard. Blizzard, yep. Yeah, and it came out, I would say about is it two decades, 20... I was in secondary school, so yeah. So about two decades ago. And this guy was talking about his experience. It may not be the most uh, visually stunning game by today's standard. Well, back then it was, it was great. It was, yeah. yeah, but I think he was talking about the atmosphere and he was talking about how this is just playing and playing with his friends mm. and just, just that whole thing. So I think my question to you is 
at this point in your life, and even reflecting on 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 your journey playing games, um, what do you think is the thing that is wholly unique to gaming that no other mediums could do? Um, basically, the really personal experience you, you're playing through it. So, like I said, all the hardships are yours. All the glory is yours. All the frustration. I mean, I mean, it, it's a full, it's a full, full course emotional meal if you look at it that way, right? <laughs> Full course emotional meal. Wow. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sorry, that's I a weird, that, weird description, right? Restaurant or something. Yeah. But um, that's basically what it is, right? So, um, games, games, games are weird because um, a lot of them don't necessarily sell you on a fully what we call a positive experience. Uh, well, I, I don't mean that in like a, a a customer service thing. I mean more like like sorrow you experience that, oh, okay. right? Um, anger you experience that. Uh, frustration is a key one that that's that's there for a lot of games, I think especially fear if you as well. fear yeah. for horror games, and of course there's wonder, there's like uh, empowerment, you know, it's like mastery, discovery. Um, you've got the full slate right there, and all all of it could be in one single game, mm-hmm. as you live that character's life, um, on. I say books, right? I mean, there's a lot of like uh, books that have been made into games as well, yep. right? But reading about a character's thoughts uh, is still different from literally playing your part in a world. Now, I mean, they have to be stylistic and um, I mean, sometimes systemic changes as well. Like say, uh, World of Warcraft, we are still characters, our yep. own characters. We're not playing as one of the main characters, right, in the ongoing story. But um, it's all very personal because you make the choices that you make. Mm. And a lot of, like I said, my, my best memories, um, even from playing MMOs, aren't the in-game big story moments. Aren't they? Okay. Yeah, are not. It's it's the moments with friends. Interesting. Um, like, okay, great. I mean, like, I, I think the storyline for Arthur's and all of that, mm. you know, his, his betrayal to the kingdom <laughs> and finally take down Lich King, um, and then his, his dad like says stuff to him and all that, right? He stabbed the dead. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I mean, it's all okay. It's that, 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 that's his character <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. But you are there. Like, you are there when, um. I don't know, like all the stupid and epic stuff happens. Uh, first time you figure out, oh wait, the edges of the stage fall away. Oh my God, wait, the the raid fell away. Wait, we're morons. Okay. Um, versus like, okay, you got, um, we, I did, did a bit of competitive raiding back then. I was on Amanthu. What is competitive raiding? Um, so you, you take it really seriously. So like we used to okay. log on like four nights a week. To, to raid and learn this and try to be one of the servers' first guilds to clear a raid, right? And um, yeah, you pull something off, like you got a, you got a realm first, like downing okay. off a certain boss and you okay. just go like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like happy swearing as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's those moments you remember um, and they're real because you, you were there. Your physical body was not there, but mm. you remember all the experiences you had and they were valid even though they were digital. Those things happen at what date, on what yeah. what year, yeah. at what time. Yeah. I remember reading an article about this a World of Warcraft player. I think he was part of a guild and I think he was pretty high up in his guild and 
I think after a while, uh, he couldn't be contacted. So word got out that he actually died. Uh-huh. And it was a, a very big... Um, it had ripple effects in, in the guild. There was a funeral, right? There was a funeral and people people came to, to down to the funeral and the family uh, of the deceased. Digital like, virtual funeral, right? Well, in the I game, right? Virtual and I think um, in Physical reality, one as well. people, people came down and, and, and the family of the deceased was like, I've never met all these people but they said uh, they were from, I remember uh, that the guild article. members yeah. and everything. And I think, I think it ties strongly back to the point you were saying that oh, these things are actually real, the memories. and Yeah, because you do put your life into that, right? Um, even if you don't ascribe great meaning to it back then, if you're hanging out with someone, I think there was a point where I played daily, in fact. Yeah. Uh, you're chatting with these people um, daily. You're accomplishing things together. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, you know... I mean, if they speak about it and depending on friend to friend, right? But you know how they feel about their job. You know when they had their first kid. You accomplish things in a game with them. You down realm first. You help them get some gear. They're they're all really, really, really valid. Um, I'm not quite sure what the term is, but it's a real friendship. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, you could say, wait, but you've never met them in real life. Uh, you might not have cooked them a meal in real life, but I mean, if you ask the follow-up, yes, yes, I would in real life. And in <laughs> fact, um, some of the the really good friends we had, we met online uh, mm. through gaming and then we met up in real life. Yeah. And some of them have moved back overseas, yeah. um, but we still talk very regularly. And yeah, I mean, I mean, it's the bond is real. You, you spend time with them on a super regular basis. Yeah. You see and hear their innermost thoughts, yeah. at least for the best friends ones. Um, you know what they're like uh, because you see how they react to things. Mm. So I think actually um, when you see someone, how they play, you know a lot about them. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It is as real as any friendship, physical friendship. Definitely, really. definitely. And in some cases, uh, I would say it's even possibly, possibly deeper because in a virtual realm, sometimes you have no reason to hide who you are. You can be as nice as you want. You can be an absolute asshole, but that's your choice, right? Yeah, yeah. And for some people, you just, it's very, very clear. Uh, I mean, who who they are and what they want and how they want it. Yeah. So, um, Moving on, um, would you say that gaming is a lot more accessible these days? Definitely. Um, I mean, as the world becomes more digital and even with like mobile gaming, yeah, uh, a lot of people have access to gaming now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Is that for the better or for the worse? Both. Um, but I think there's more of a human issue. It's not necessarily a games issue. Um, I mean, at one point, Rock and roll was the devil. Yeah. Um, at one point, television was the devil. Yeah. Right. So at one point, the internet was gonna destroy everything. Yeah. 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 So I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. every generation mm. uh, will have the scapegoat. The scapegoat, right? But I think um, gaming, gaming is literally both. I mean, you you can be addicted, but is that? necessarily the game's fault or is that the person's fault? Okay. Right? So, uh, to say the games have no um, responsibilities is also kind of weird but 
at some point the responsibility definitely has a line somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, man, uh, like I've known some people who have played certain RPGs like more than 10 times. They, they weren't meant to be replayed that way, but mm. you still have people trying to do, uh, I mean, weird things with the RPGs to try and break them or they just want to replay them. And who am I to say that they are wrong to do it? Yep. So, um, I think it's up to the individual. Um, I think uh, some societal standards have to be maintained mm. as well. Okay, I mean like how we deal with addiction, that sort yep. of thing. But uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's up to the individual. I think it's still relatively new, isn't it? Being addicted to video games. Uh, no, I'd argue that that's been around since I've been playing. Interesting. Because uh, I mean, when I was younger, there's definitely been times where Parents like say, hey, um, you know, uh, stop playing games and uh, go finish your homework or yep. whatever yeah. it is, right? Yep. Or go eat dinner or whatever it is, yep. right? Um, nowadays, I find myself doing the the situation but reverse. I tell, tell my mom, hey, mom, uh, can you please stop playing uh, that game and uh, yeah. Interesting. come eat dinner? <laughs> um, so then you go, is it the game's fault? Is it the person's fault? I mean, mm. it's a little bit murky, but it's just interesting. I, I personally still find it surprising how popular Pokemon <coughs> Go is due to people who might not have even played the games. Because I, 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 I go on public transport and I see uncles and aunties, mm. people of an older generation playing it. And I always wonder what what is appealing in that game to them? Um, well, I mean, I've, I've asked a few people, including my mom, right? Um, I think the biggest recurring answer is it's simple to play. Interesting. I was just going to say that also. That's yeah, what I, I feel. It's too. simple to play. And, and again, you know, core gamers, like hardcore gamers, you look at it and go like, uh, there's not that much for me to do. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a meta game. That's, that's nice. But um, mechanically speaking, at that time when it first launched, there wasn't much. Yep. But for them, there was something non-threatening and within their grasp. Mm. and it looked cute and and there was the social element to it aka yeah. you had to go the out crazy right? social element right. to it yeah <laughs> people but just I like cute like, yeah. they, they get that yeah. like like to them it wasn't it wasn't a game where you know like you try and introduce uh, friends who don't game or yeah. I've tried to introduce parents formally to games mm. they go like oh I don't want to shoot people yeah. or like I, I don't want something hardcore. This looks difficult or this looks complicated. Mm-hmm. Like World of Warcraft UI, sometimes it's just terrifying. It looks horrible. <laughs> you go like, are there 50 different buttons on my screen at this point? <laughs> <coughs> so, so yeah, I mean, I understand that. Um, but again, like I said earlier, I mean, there's, there's an infinite number of reasons why people play games. Yeah. Uh, just the infinite number of types of people, right? Um different strokes for different folks. It's a game for everyone. Yep. Interesting. Um, I would like to wrap up this entire conversation with one last talking point. Sure. Singapore. Mm-hmm. How, in your opinion, is it more, um, would you say that there are a lot more resources and it's a lot easier to, to create your own studio, create your own games these days? Is there a lot more support for it? Uh, I definitely agree with that. Um, but there's a flip side to that. So, I mean, there's a lot more support. There's a lot more schools, for example, mm. nowadays who, who teach you gaming. I mean, teach you how to make games or games as a career, that kind of thing. 
Uh, but the competition is also definitely there. Uh, the market's now more saturated than it has ever been, I think. Interesting. Uh, so it, it's the same thing with like games, right? Discoverability. Um, sure, you have these great new platforms, but how do you stand out? Mm. And unfortunately, that's not um, a question I have a full answer for. <coughs> I can I can go I can say like um, you know make sure your work's good up to a certain standard of polish. Um, have a unique vision, but I mean, all that's like easier said than done, right? Yeah. It's the execution that actually is tough. I would I would argue that let's say for a game like Undertale, <laughs> I mean the 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 visual flair for that is is not to any particular standard, but it has a very, very interesting draw and appeal to it. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and I think they also had a very strong community. Mm. Uh, if I'm not wrong, I think Tumblr, was it? <laughs> yeah, Tumblr. <laughs> um, Probably. So yeah, I mean, um, the the storyline, uh, to be fair, I mean, the art style isn't the most um, necessarily conventionally polished, yep. but it has a certain appeal to it. Mm. Right. Uh, so the characters, the music, even the persona of the creator factored into its success. Yep. Yep. And there's no magic formula. I mean, all of it works for some reason. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to give to give advice on that. Interesting. Yeah. One last thing. What is your opinion on esports and the massive um, growth or even popularity of it? I think I was looking at an article today about two articles actually. I think there was a there was a, there's apparently an esports association in Singapore now. I think that's really interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, because I think the SEA Games is happening right now in December and Singapore uh, fielded like 20 participants in different games to compete in SEA Games. And there's this one esports Dota 2 Singapore championship thing happening in a couple of weeks. And the, the prize pools for these competitions are ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to, to, to internationally my, also as well. Yeah, I mean, I I I used to play Dota too, and I follow it quite uh, to to a certain degree. And when when you Google Dota two competitions, the international comes out. International is this annual uh, tournament in which the prize pool for it has grown year after year. And right now, if I think the most recent iteration of it. I think the top price was either 33 million or 38 million shed among the top 16. So you have effectively, if you win this, you could effectively, if you're the champion of this, you could effectively be a millionaire. And that is what happened to a lot of the players. Yeah. What is your opinion? Because I can imagine when you were growing up, this, this is yeah. a fucking pipe dream. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen so much documentaries of players saying that, oh, back in the early days, I will no carry way. my own keyboard and my mouse. Yeah. I go to the land shop. I play a competition. If I can get money back, that's good. But right now, you have these celebrities. Not, not celebrities, but you have these mini celebrities. Well, they, they are celebrities. Yeah, they are yeah. huge celebrities. Yeah. Ridiculous. Huh. <laughs> uh, one word. Inevitable. Inevitable. Interesting. Inevitable. Okay. Um, so, I mean, we talked about like the digitalization of... Mm. I want to say the world, but that's more or less what it is, right? Yeah. So a lot of our life uh, becomes increasingly online. Mm-hmm. Um, inevitable, literally. I mean, I mean, if we looked at um, the sports or the activities that we revere, right? If more of our life is becoming digital, it would only make sense that the stuff we watch, 
Um, and I mean, if you talk about competitive, um, how we prove our worth, so-called, right? Oh, in, okay, in different okay. ways, right? Like, so sports. Um, at some point, the world was a lot more um, physically based. Mm. I mean, digital didn't exist yep. at some point, right? Yep. So, how do you prove worth, right? The body, mm-hmm. sports. Mm-hmm. So, that's definitely not going away. I mean, we all still have bodies. We're not <laughs> in the matrix yet, right? Yet. Who knows, right? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, there's some theories that the world we live in is a simulation. Yeah, yeah. But sure, yeah. okay. Um, as the world gets more digitalized um, and games is a great example of that, right? Um, inevitable, literally. I mean, if you go like, oh, that's an amazing amount of skill. Um, it's I mean, to happen. Yeah, it's bound to happen. And, and I, I mean like, um, the nations that first had their digital infrastructure up and running, aka Japan, mm-hmm. Korea, are also the first who had trends that we are now only coming, uh, seeing come into fruition for the rest of the world. What do you mean? So, for example, uh, Korea, StarCraft, yep. esports. Yeah, they were the first man. They they, they are, had yeah. they had it all. Uh, what national? They had a TV channel. I think they were government sponsored for a lot of the time as well. I'm not yeah. I'm not full on the details, but yeah. yeah, they basically had the whole lifestyle, business, everything, all 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 down yeah. a good ten years before the rest of the world. Agreed. Agreed. If you look at mobile gaming, right? Japan had it easy five, seven years before the rest of the world ever had the first inkling of it. So we're trailing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we kind of are. Um, and if you look at like one of the biggest uh, leaders now, it's actually China. Mm. Uh, not even necessarily for gaming, but like um, they had, they, I mean, they're really cashless cashless right now. Yeah. Right? Uh, your Alipay and yeah. your Weixing and all that. Yeah. Uh, rest of the world is trying to catch up. Agreed. Um, so yeah, it's just interesting. Um, as the world gets more dig- digitalized, a lot of stuff becomes inevitable. Okay, last question to wrap up. How do you think the world will look like in five years? <laughs> Please give us give us your expert oh, opinion. Yeah. Um, I don't really have a great answer, man. I'm probably as much in the dark as you guys are. I just um, draw every day, so I don't really have an answer to that as well. <laughs> Please, yeah. Assuming that no World War Three breaks out. Assuming. Assuming. Um, the world gets even more di- digitalized. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more about uh, geography is probably changing. Um, Africa, I think, is going to be one of the next big things. Africa? Next big markets, yeah. Interesting. Uh, maybe not in five years, who knows, but definitely in 10. What about neighboring countries? Southeast Asia as well. Um, but I mean, people are really focusing on Southeast Asia, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, that's... India definitely, definitely uh, growing so fast. Yeah. Growing so fast. Uh, Russia's an interesting place as well. Uh, depending on how things go. Do you think any interesting tech will emerge? Apart from VR and AR, those are already here, but do you think any interesting one will emerge? Oh uh, man, hard, hard to bet on because I mean, a lot of it's uh, secret. Holographic? Um, Holograms? I mean, just holographic, man. Uh, that's definitely, I think I saw some article about that uh, being researched and at some demos or something, but I think what interests me uh, more is I think there was a report about. Uh, don't quote me on this. I'm not sure. I have to go and check. But I think it was Samsung mm-hmm. that had a patent for smart contact lenses. Mm-hmm. 
Black Mirror, here we come. Yeah, Black Mirror, here we come. Uh, so yeah, okay. actually, yeah, Black Mirror is actually interesting, and I, I like to watch that series because a lot of it's near future yeah, tech. Yeah, and it's yeah. not and impossible. Possible. Yeah, a lot of it's like very. We are very close. We have a lot of tech. It's just missing certain key pieces. It's just mass market, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really interesting times we live in. Hmm. Um, hard for me to predict, man. Uh, who knows? Maybe even like mass settlement goes well or something. Whoa. <laughs> I'll be down. <laughs> we, we, we live in interesting times. <laughs> we do. We do. It's a wrap. Uh, where can people find your products? Or what do people search for? Yeah, please plug. Uh, just search Battle Sky, Battle Sky Brigade. You'll uh, find a lot of our stuff. Mm-hmm. Battle Sky Brigade Tap Tap is live on iOS and Google. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean Google Play Store. And uh, Apple Arcade has Battle Sky Brigade Harpuna. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for uh, You can check out Facebook as well. If you yeah. search Bell Sky Brigade or Bell Rue Productions, you'll find us. That's hey. Battle Rue Productions. All right. Thank you for your time, Sean. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. Don't forget to keep posted for the next one. And if you really liked what you got, give us a follow.